1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. My friends call me our dog, but you can call
2: me Ryan Nicodemus. And together we are the minimalists.
1: I've never called you our dog. Well, you should. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 65. Today's episode is called Tour. We're going to talk about touring, but really we're going to talk about some of the, the routines while we are on the road, some of our favorite places to go on the road. We're going to talk about travel and how we pack for tours, and, and uh, we're going to talk about the Less Is Now Tour as well. So, Ryan, you and I just announced the Less Is Now Tour. This podcast is going up on Thursday, which is during the pre-sale period. We wanted to give our audience the first crack at getting the best seats in the house before they go on sale to the general public. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, March 9th, 2017, you have less than 24 hours to get your pre-sale tickets using the code MINIMAL over at theminimalists.com slash tour. And, and if you go there... That, w- that basically just means that you'll have access to the best seats. There's also, we're doing something with, uh, we're doing, in uh, many of the events, we're doing VIP events beforehand. So not only do you get the best seats, but we're going to spend 45 minutes before the event with a small group of people working out some new material, asking some questions, having some discussions with people. And we're working on some some special side projects that we're only going to share with a, a few handfuls of people, a few dozen people in in each city, and then we'll have the larger presentation of being on tour as well. So when we hit the road for this tour, it's gonna be larger theaters uh, for the most part, but we're going to give a talk about minimalism. We have a brand new presentation, we're working in some old material, some new material, and we're recording a live version of the podcast. We're doing a, a live version of Ask the Minimalist. We'll answer your questions. We'll dish out free hugs to anyone who sticks around afterward. And in some of these, we're even going to film the events as well so we can have some video footage to use later for different stuff, which will which will be really fun. But. Uh, I want to go today. I want to talk about the different cities that we're going to. Ryan, maybe talk about some of our experiences. If we have a limited, if we're limited in a city, if we have only one day, like what, what are the, some of the things that we do? We can talk about that, and we can also talk about some of our our travel routines and what we've learned from many many failures over the years of, of touring. So we should. Where do we start? We must. We want to talk about the cities we're going to first.
2: Um. Yeah. Let's do that.
1: All right. Cool. So. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm pulling up the slash tour. Join the Minimalist for a night of less. Joshua and Ryan will blah, blah, blah. I already said that. Presale tickets are now on sale, which means our audience gets the best access. Use code MINIMAL. Okay, here it is. Um, we are going – we're starting the tour in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We haven't been there since 2014. We had it's a tour crazy. stop there. I think that was our exact midpoint was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, was the midpoint of that crazy yeah. hundred city tour we, we did back in twenty fourteen. Really and, love Pittsburgh, man. Yeah, I do too. It reminds me a lot of Cincinnati, even though I know their football teams hate each other. For some I know. Reason. Well, it's
2: funny because I was going to say like it took me forever to like actually love Pittsburgh. Uh huh. Like we would go there to see some concerts when we worked together. Right. And then we went there on tour. I think the first time we went was two thousand and eleven. Yeah, it was. And I think that was the first time I was like, dude, Pittsburgh doesn't suck just because you hate the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: to put that in context, you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yeah, right, which, is, well. uh, which is which uh, is the only worst football
2: team to be a fan of is the Bills, which I am also a fan of. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, that's right
1: cuz your family's from the whole Rochester area, York, yeah.
2: yeah. Huh. So so I'm not like bragging on the Bengals by any stretch, but yeah, there is that rivalry there and it is it is so funny to me though how like I've let it go now cuz I just don't put my heart in the football like or or the or my Emotion into football, I guess. Yeah, as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, but it is funny though. Like when you are in 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 into it with a team. Yeah. Like you do get this disdain for the rivals right. and like any fan of theirs. It's like you have this like automatic. I hate you. No, I'm the same
1: way. I mean, Michael Jordan still makes my like uh, blood boil a little bit when I yeah. hear just because I I'm the only person I know from Dayton, Ohio who was a Utah Jazz fan, and not just like a little bit of a Utah (laughs) Jazz fan. I mean, John, I I still believe John Stockton is the greatest basketball player of all time. He does lead in the, he still leads
2: in the three of five, three of the five, two two of the five. Yeah, so so he
1: has uh, most steals of all time and most assists, and there's not anyone who's even close to beating his assist record. And I think his steals record is pretty far off as well. And you look at the the people who are second in those categories. I think uh, the 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 second on steals list. Michael Jordan mm. second on assist magic Johnson mm. and, and uh, there may be other people who have, who have displaced the second place person, but John Stockton, in my opinion, he's the greatest basketball player of all time didn't he? Wasn't he coaching like a kids team out in Bozeman? Uh, well, sort of. His daughter uh, was going to Montana State last oh, year. Oh, College, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so he was the assistant coach last year. The greatest basketball player of all time was the assistant coach at Montana State University. That's great. Out man. in Bozeman, Montana. He lives in Spokane, which is relatively close to us. He's from Spokane. Went to Gonzaga. Anyway, um, those. So here's how much I love the Utah Jazz. 1998. This is the second finals that they're in. They got beat the previous year by the Bulls. Game six. Jordan hits that last minute (sighs) shot at the buzzer over Brian Russell, who he actually fouled Brian Russell. (laughs) Let's be honest. But no one tells you about this. He pushes Brian Russell, and, and then and then steps back, takes that shot, and you see this shot. It's on all the posters. It's his last shot of his nba career until he came back and played for like the wizards or whatever right. but uh it was his last shot of, of that that chunk of his career you know 23 jordan and he fouled brian russell and then takes that shot wins the game i i haven't watched a full nba game since game six in 1998 NBA finals so yes I I understand your disdain for (laughs) for that but guess what I don't hate the city of Chicago and I don't actually hate Michael Jordan I do recognize and the the Steelers
2: I think have won the most Super Bowls out of any football team actually so if if, if my disdain is anything it comes from uh, my own insecurities and I'm just like projecting (laughs) that
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and plus I recognize that Michael Jordan's the second best basketball player of all time (laughs) <laughs> All right after that we're uh you know we've been to forty eight states while touring, and uh there's two states we haven't been to. We have not been to Alaska and we've not been to Vermont, but we'll not be able to say that soon because we're coming to Burlington finally because we're going to Anchorage Anchorage Vermont Anchorage Alaska no, we're not oh. We're not going to Anchorage. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to get there. That's not on our list, though. Oh. Uh, we're going to Burlington, Vermont. That's on April 14th. And April 15th, we're going to Boston. That one's already going to sell out. So if you are in anywhere near Boston, if you're in Rhode Island or wherever else, make sure you get your tickets. There's a huge theater, the Wilbur Theater there in Boston. But that one's going to sell out. That one went on sale a little bit earlier. That was the first one we announced. And then after that, we're headed to Portland. Portland, Maine. One of my favorite cities. Love mm, that town. Dude, I'm going to eat
2: so many lobster rolls between Boston
1: and Portland. Do <laughs> You think they have lobster in Burlington? Probably not. Yeah, they do. I'm sure they do. I mean, they have it everywhere now. But Yeah, Vermont's yeah, yeah. close
2: enough to the sea. They'll have some lobster rolls there.
1: It's close enough to Canada. So tweet
2: me all of your best lobster roll place recommendations. The f- best place I've uh, eaten at so far. And Sean podcast show. Wait, was it
1: McDonald's in Halifax? Can attest to this. You shut your
2: mouth <laughs> when you're talking to me. <laughs> um, we uh we went to a place called Luke's Lobster. It's like a small chain in New York. Yeah. And it's by far like the best lobster rolls. We I've went had. there in, in Maryland
1: recently. I'm not trying right? to brag,
2: but I've probably had over a hundred lobster rolls in my life. <laughs> 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 and uh, Luke's Lobster is by far the best. So if you got a lobster roll recommendation,
1: hit me up on Twitter, at Ryan Nicodemus. All right, before we move on to the next wave, so that's our first wave of this first leg. So the, well, let's talk about how we're doing this. So the first leg is 19 cities. It is basically now through June. And then we're going to take the month of July off altogether. But we're going out for three or four cities in a row. So it's just a long weekend. Because you and I have learned lessons from being on the road. Uh, when we did the crazy 100-city tour in 2014, we were on the road for 10 months. And that takes its toll for sure. And We don't want to do that again. So what we're going to do, we're just going out for a long weekend, basically. And we, we'll, we'll go out to those four, three or four cities in a, uh, a region. And we're calling that a wave, a wave of, of the tour. And so um, a thing that I like to do to get a good sense of a city, find the best coffee house in town. So if you have a great coffee house recommendation, make sure you tweet us at The Minimalists or you can tweet me at JFM or at Ryan Nicodemus. Uh, We'd we'd love to hear your coffee house recommendations. But also I love going to an art gallery or museum. And and see like what's going on in that city via the the artistic perspective of the city. Also, uh, quite often when we're on tour. We go to independent bookstores, but um, I, uh, because we're speaking at a lot of independent bookstores, we're not doing that this time. We're doing fairly large theaters this time around. But if I get a chance, I'll also be going to some of my favorite indie bookshops in a lot of these cities. And I think those are nice little hubs for the city. What else, Ryan? What else do we do when we're in a city that?
2: That's about it. Mint coffee. Uh, coffee, bookstore, museum. Oh, Thai food. <clears throat> yeah, I was
1: going to say some kind of ethnic food. Even
2: like, cause, so it was Thai food, but I'm thinking of like, because we don't have great Indian food or Thai food in Missoula, Montana. No um or ethiopian food i mean like the old best i mean yeah like bex will cook some amazing ethiopian food or like some of the uh, refugees will make me meals but like you can't go to a restaurant and get good ethiopian food so yeah thai food or like even indian because like i I know how much you hate indian food (laughs) so when you find an indian food place that you like yeah uh it's like a pretty damn awesome indian place maybe
1: we try that out this time around we'll find the, the the best indian food places yeah the we'll find the indian food places i hate the least Yes. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) Yes, <laughs> sounds <laughs> no, great. Actually, I love some Indian food. It's just I don't like the way it makes my clothes smell, and I, I'm really uh, sensitive to smells. So. Yeah, but
2: yeah, I think Thai food does the same thing to my clothes, though. So, what's that Indian place in in Provo? That's like the best Indian place ever.
1: Yeah, it is. It is truly great, Provo, Utah. It great. is Bombay House, I think. It's a Bombay House. It might be. I don't yeah. know. Um. Anyway, yeah. So it, there, there's great. Indian food in places you wouldn't expect because when I think of Provo, Utah, I think Indian food. <laughs> no, not at all. And by the way, we're not going to Provo this time, although we did that no. a year or so ago. I'm just throwing
2: that out there in case you're ever passing through Provo.
1: Or li- Actually, if you live in Provo, you probably already know about Of course that. you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's, uh, let's take a look here. Next wave, we're calling this the nor- – so that was the northeast wave. The next wave, we're going to the northwest. So we're going to Missoula. And then we're going to Spokane and Seattle and Portland, Oregon. So that's the other Portland. We're going coast to coast, Portland to Portland, wave to wave there. So Missoula, we're going to be at the Denison Theater. It's a big theater at the University of Montana. If you're anywhere in Montana and you're thinking about coming to see us, this is going to be your one chance because generally we we don't do a lot of talks in in our hometown, and this is a good opportunity for, for you to come out and say hi and uh and listen to us talk and also help us fill this theater cuz it's a massive place. Gonna, go ahead. Oh, I to say it's crazy like when we do events in Missoula it's it's
2: always people like not always but the vast majority of people who come are not from Missoula.
1: <laughs> yeah, they come <laughs> But, but from, like, it's because they're Butte from like or Bozeman Yeah, or, or like
2: they they live in Casper or like they yeah, or they live in somewhere in Idaho uh-huh. and yeah, it's like the closest that we'll ever be to them. But yeah. uh Yeah, yeah, no, I do love doing talk so in our hometown
1: yeah so so come on out to that missoula talk or spokane that's the closest big city to where we are we'll, we'll be in spokane the very next day may may 10th then we're going to be in seattle and portland really looking forward to both of those we have great audiences in, in both cities and of course those are like the back-to-back coffee meccas i'm going to be so freaking yeah. caffeinated i was man. just going
2: to ask you what your favorite part of the pacific northwest is and
1: oh. that's my answer is like no, sushi S- there's sushi in and seattle is off the really? chain man I've, oh i don't think i've ever goodness. had sushi in seattle there's this place in bellevue i've got to take you to man it i am blanking on the name if you go to yelp and just type in sushi bellevue washington you'll see the place with the chirashi uh, bowls yeah oh I'm, yeah i want one right now because we don't have any sushi here where we are but every we time you have sushi no we this don't. is
2: josh no we don't i just want i just want all of our listeners out there to know that cans we, of sardines hey i sushi <laughs> listen lady <laughs> No, I just want all of our listeners to know that in Missoula, Montana, we live in the city of Almost. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's like we have Indian food, and it's almost amazing. Mm -hmm. We have Thai food. It's almost like the best Thai food. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't say the best, but it's almost like, you know, hits the spot. Same thing with sushi. It's like um, they'll have like these amazing dollar sushi nights. And there is some like if you make sure to get like a couple like the yellowfin tuna and, uh, like, the egg row if, if you like that type of su- – or not egg row, just the row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, the school of the school. of I redundancy. I was school. egg roll and row and combining <laughs> those two there. Um, but, no, they do have the egg. I forget what it's called, though. It's called something different when yeah, you get into sushi. About. But, anyway, um, there's, like, two or three things you can get that do hit the spot. Mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes, like, you can't just go there and get awesome sushi. No. So I don't want to, like, totally bash – the restaurants around here in Missoula. Uh we do have we do have some options, but yeah, man, there are definitely some better options once you get closer to the coast, right?
1: My favorite restaurant in Missoula is minimalwellness.com. Thankfully, Bex is the best cook I've ever met. <laughs> and so my partner, like, seriously, like, it is my favorite restaurant in all of Montana is, is to just have... Is that your kitchen table? Yeah. Nice. To ha- I mean, Bex makes... Dude, she some made some the, awesome Ethiopian stuff the other night. She made, her halibut is just unbelievable. I gotta... You gotta come over sometime when she's making halibut. It I is, insist. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just... It's so good. So good. Anyway, um, that restaurant is not open to the public. Um, anyway, uh, then the next wave, we're headed to the upper Midwest... Grand Rapids, Chicago, Madison, and Minneapolis. We haven't been to any of these cities except Chicago uh, since 2014. Grand Rapids, that's the only city we're doing in all of Michigan. So if you're in Detroit, you're in Ann Arbor, you're in Saginaw, you're in Lansing, you're in East Lansing, you're in Flint, you're in Pontiac, come on over to Grand Rapids. We'd love to see you there. We could, I'd love to make it, you know, what? someday I want to do a tour, Ryan. It's everywhere we've never been. Uh, so one of uh, our favorite artists austin hartley leonard he has an album or an ep called uh it's with that song ohio on it yeah. it's called everywhere i've never been and i would love to do a tour of like all right now we're gonna do a tour stop in saginaw and now we're gonna do a tour stop in in college state what, what's uh what's what's the city in, in the middle of pennsylvania college Station? i have no idea yeah anyway am i right sean yeah, he, yeah, he's he's, he, he's nodding his head suspiciously. <laughs> um, or, or, like, I want to go to Mobile, Alabama. Dude, you know where I want to go? Really, really, we haven't done a stop there is Detroit. Yeah, yeah, I know we haven't. And uh, it just didn't work out with this leg, unfortunately. We, we were trying to book Detroit. I was working with Andrew, our booking agent. By the way, I've got to say thanks to him and thanks to Nicole over at APA, our booking agency. This is the first time we've worked with a booking agent. In the past, Ryan and I would just be, like, at the kitchen table together oh, calling up venues so, yeah, so talking about lessons we've learned. Oh, man. Yeah, well, well, let's get to that. Let's hold that. Hold that thought, please. Put it in your steel trap, Ryan, <laughs> and we'll come back to it. Um, yeah, so we'll be in uh, Madison, Minneapolis. We have great audiences in both of those cities. I think we'll get good, good turnouts. But by the way, if you're in Milwaukee, we, we weren't able to do Milwaukee. So if you're in Milwaukee, either come down to Chicago or come on over to Madison. Same with if you're anywhere else in Minnesota. Minneapolis is is the place to go right because uh, we're going to be there for one night on May 21st and then uh, and that's a medium-sized venue so that one I mean most of these will sell out relatively quickly so if you're thinking about getting tickets now is the time to do it while they're on pre-sale and you have access to them before the general public because once Live Nation puts it out there and once Ticketmaster puts it out there these places are going to sell out mm. and uh, I just want I just want to warn you about that. Um, after that that wave the upper Midwest way, which we're going there at a good time, Ryan. Um, late May for the upper Midwest is like yeah, spring is like springing. Spring. Yeah, I like you spring. Know? Like, Some
2: people like don't like spring. I love spring.
1: Yeah, I do too. So you said Missoula is the, the city of almost. Like We have April and we have May, which is almost spring in Missoula, but it's still kind of winter. Like, you
2: know what? That's the one thing we don't have. It's It actually is amazing is the snowboarding. We have – there is no almost. Like this is – yeah i love this spot for snowboarding anyway
3: for sure
1: yeah okay so um after that we're going back 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 to cali cali yeah you gotta sean you know where you gotta do (laughs) hello cool jays back to cali Yeah, we are going back to Cali. Uh, We got three cities on the Cali wave in June. We're going to do San Diego, one of my favorite cities. Los Angeles, which might be my favorite city in the world. And then San Francisco, another one of my favorite cities. We tried to do Sacramento. It just didn't work out in terms of timing and the venue didn't work out for us. So if you're in Sacramento, would you please be willing to make the 90-minute drive down to San Francisco? We'll make it worth your while. Uh, I also, you know, I love Sacramento, Ryan. Uh, I think it's like the most slept on town, maybe if not in America, certainly in California. It reminds me of a Midwest. It's like Minneapolis, but with outstanding weather. And so I, I really dig uh, uh, I really dig Sacramento. Sadly, I don't get to go there this time, and neither do you, Ryan, Because but we're going to be in three coastal cities, San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, June 11th, 16th, and 18th, respectively. I'm so looking forward to this. We're spending an extra like three or four days there in Los Angeles. I'll take you over to the to the Russian bathhouses while we're there. We'll do the cold plunge. We will do the cold plunge. We will do cryotherapy while we're there. We will explore Griffith Park. We'll explore all the there great is, food.
2: Yes, I was gonna say now, LA like that's when I think of like the best sushi I've had in the country. Yes, I've remember had, we just took Sean
1: LA. the first time he ever had sushi. And was we forget LA. the name of the place. It's in a strip mall in the middle of nowhere, and it was. <laughs> Like, it was unbelievable. It was just melting in my I mouth. know it was
2: on Santa Monica Boulevard,
1: but that's like such a long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the whole city. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole city. Yeah. So, yeah, come on out and see us. Those will all sell out for sure. Uh, relatively decent sized venues, but we have great audiences there. And then the last wave of this first leg, we're going to be back in the Midwest. Back on our old stomping grounds. These are th- four cities that I would go to concerts in, in all the time. So Ryan and I, living in Dayton, Ohio, we were two hours from all of these four cities. Indianapolis, or actually Columbus is a little bit farther. Or I'm sorry, Cleveland was a bit farther. So Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland. You know what's funny? Driving from
2: Cincinnati to Cleveland, uh-huh. like that three or three and a half hour drive, I hate I just like hate dreaded uh-huh. that drive. Yes, but it's fun. It's it's funny because here in Missoula, like to get the glacier, it's three hours. To or get three, anywhere from Missoula is it's like at three least three and a half hours. hours. I love driving and because it's so beautiful. Yeah, we're like in Ohio. It's like strip malls and
1: it's just flat. It's emphatically in, flat And corn. Yeah. Corn, corn. Yeah, there's uh, so who's that? Mark Laner. Mark Laner was describing driving through the Midwest and one of his short stories and the opening uh, page of it was corn, corn corn barn corn corn where was the corn palace at uh that's in south dakota that's more of like a corn high school though
2: uh, <laughs> it's totally worth one visit though no it's not it's not worth yes it is it is, <laughs> is total. it is it is a great experience a great novelty experience uh-huh
1: that you will regret but you'll enjoy regretting it okay so the corn palace is really just a old like abandoned high school with corn taped to the side of it it's like it's like they just renamed flea market and put a bunch of corn decorations everywhere yeah 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 it's (laughs) yeah it's not so much a palace it's 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 just corn (laughs) all right yeah and it's in the middle of, of south dakota uh which we will not be in south dakota but but stay tuned um All right, so Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland. Indianapolis is the largest venue. So this is so cool. I used to uh, go to concerts at the Egyptian Room to Mm. see, like, Ray LaMontagne. We're going to be speaking at the Egyptian Room. How awesome is that, That man? That is awesome, man. And we're going to be at Bogarts in Cincinnati. I've seen countless concerts at Bogarts in Cincinnati. And now we get to go talk about minimalism at Bogarts. And I, I just feel great about that. So Columbus, Cleveland, come out and see us. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing you. That's the end of that first leg. And then if you go to theminimalists.com slash tour, you can see we're working on 28 potential cities. Now, these cities may change based on venue availability. But subscribe to our email list. That way you can be the first to know about upcoming events. So so here are some potential cities we might come to uh, in August through December. So we might hit Canada, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal, Ottawa. Ottawa is one of my favorite cities. So, uh,
2: yeah, me too. How solid are we on these cities that we might, like
1: if you were giving me a percentage? Uh, well, I mean, for any, we're, we're definitely going to be going to some of them. The question just has to do, <laughs> Switch, Okay. yeah, I mean, we, we, it's just hard to book a tour, right? And so these are the cities we're trying to book right now. If I had to guess of these, 28 will be somewhere between 20 to 25 of them. Okay. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, Ottawa and Toronto and Winnipeg. So that's, what, eight, nine cities throughout Canada. Uh, we're going to try to hit in August and September, which is, by the way, the best time to be in Canada, August and September. And then from there, uh, we're going to hit the East Coast, New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Those are the three cities we're trying to hit on the East Coast the, the, uh, in that area. And then from there, the mountain states, Salt Lake City, uh, one of our, our best cities for turnout is surprisingly Salt Lake City. We just have a lot of people who really resonate with our message there in Utah. So we're, we're going to try our best to get back to Salt Lake and Denver and Albuquerque, which I've not been to in many years. And I love Albuquerque, one of my favorite cities. Yeah. A lot of our documentary, Minimalism, was filmed in Albuquerque, actually. And uh, let's see here. And we I haven't been... Oh, wow, I haven't been to Albuquerque since the tour. Since since we filmed the documentary and, yeah. and since that tour. Me too. Wow. Yeah, uh, and then Phoenix after that, huge city, huge crowds there. That'll be great. Uh back to the Midwest, St. Louis, Kansas City, and Omaha. Gonna try to get all three of those cities. And then we're headed to the south, Houston, Austin, uh Dallas, Oklahoma City. Haven't been to any of those places except Dallas since 2014. Um Louisville Nashville, Charlotte, Birmingham, Alabama, Atlanta, and Tampa. These are all cities we're going to try to get to, and then of course, yes. What about Australia? What about Europe and Asia and South America and Africa? Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And 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 the eighth continent, Alaska. (laughs) Um, I would totally do. We should like uh, at some point we should do an anchor. Was it Gillibow
2: who went to? every country or no then he i'm wants not it. going to every country no not every country well that's <laughs> yes, what i was gonna did. say i know i can never talk you in every country but we could do every continent and we could totally mm. do something in antarctica
1: oh man so i know so, we have
2: oh, i know at least we have one
1: listener out there in antarctica <laughs> so let's just talk about this if all goes well in north america we'd love to take the less is now tour to your country to your continent maybe even to antarctica Um, So, yeah, sign up for our email newsletter list over at theminimalists.com, and you'll be the first to hear about the new events. Now, the reason you couldn't get me to go to every country, Ryan, this is a good segue here, is there are three things that I hate. (laughs) I hate travel, I hate large crowds of people, and I hate public speaking. Now... I don't actually hate those things. Those things make me uncomfortable, especially traveling makes me uncomfortable. In fact, traveling by itself, I find no appeal in it at all. We have uh, one of our best friends is a guy named Colin Wright, world traveler, travels to a new country every four months. He loves traveling. Everything he does centers around traveling. Great for him, not great for me. And I think you're somewhere in between. You enjoy travel. You're going to go on vacation to Germany this year. You're going to Tokyo this year. Uh, Those are things that don't appeal to me as much. But if we are traveling with a purpose like these tour stops add value to a lot of people's lives, then I'm, I'm all for spending that time wisely. And I'm willing to, to make that compromise on the travel. And even the compromise on public speaking is I don't actually hate public speaking. It just makes me uncomfortable. I'm not a natural public speaker. And same goes for crowds of people. I'm an introvert. I don't hate people. I just am more comfortable when I'm by myself. But I find the place I grow the most is when? When I put myself into that discomfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so touring for me in the past has been a great way for me to grow and learn a lot of lessons and also for us to fail a lot. So let's, let's go back, what, five, six years, Ryan, our very first tour. So we started The Minimalists 2010, December 14, 2010. We started The Minimalists. About a year later, a little less than a year later, we went out on a just a minimalist meetup tour. We had no plans. Our first tour stop was November of 2011 in St. Petersburg, Florida. We had no plans. We had no speech prepared. And we, we just booked like coffee shops and really small bookstores and restaurants. And, and we had small meetups, some as small as we, two people. Yeah. Well, it was nice because back then like we could just be like, hey, we're going to meet at
2: this coffee shop and would not even really talk to the coffee shop owner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> well, we, because we the crowds we were, were so out. small, right? right? I mean, right, right. in some cases it was like, hey, a party of six because it was us and four other people showing right. up. And so we could do that. And I learned so much from that that it was a like a year and a half long tour basically or a year long tour. We went out on these little legs where we'd go out for a week or two weeks, sometimes as much as three weeks at a time. And... We just meet at these cars and we would we didn't have any money. So we'd often sleep in the car or we'd sleep at readers houses or couches or occasionally we'd spring for a motel eight. We'd sleep at rest stops sometimes. I remember once we we fell asleep in in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, outside of Phoenix, between Phoenix and San Diego. Yeah, I woke up and there's a sign right in front of the car. It's like beware of scorpions and snakes. Beware of venomous creatures. Oh, my goodness. So we've learned a lot of lessons from that, but I also learned that. Um, you know what? When we booked these venues, and as the crowds got larger, um, it became harder and harder for you and I to to book the you and me to book the venues. Well, yeah,
2: it came to our Holiday Happiness Tour, and I remember booking uh,
1: the that was venues 20, that there. That was 2012.
2: Yeah, so like that was like that was my first taste of oh wow! Like when you know that more than six people are going to show up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got to book these venues, and it's difficult to find a bookstore that can hold, you know, 70, you know, 100, 150 people. Um, And then we went out in 2014, again, booked it ourselves. Uh Uh, Between you, me, and we, you know, had the help of a couple other people. We finally got everything booked. But even then, it was like like the Indianapolis experience Mm -hmm. where 500 people showed up. It's pouring down rain. They're waiting in line, and the venue could hold 60 people. Right. So uh, a doubleheader wouldn't have even have done it for that stop. So, like, yeah, that was a huge, huge, uh, learning for us. And now we have Andrew who is like our saving grace with, with booking. Well, and he's got the, the experience. We were just kinda, were know, we're, winging we're amateurs
1: <laughs> and you know what, man, it, it worked for the time, but as it grew, you know, the time when I really realized that this whole thing was actually going to, it was spreading beyond, you know, these really small groups of people mm-hmm. it was that holiday happiness tour. So we, um, We have a publicist who actually lives in Toronto uh, Sarah and uh, She did a few different things with some newspapers there and our website traffic had been going up and up and up that uh, Those first two years of the website Mm -hmm. and we arrive in Toronto December of of 2012 and we're we're i'm literally i'm sleeping on sarah's floor a publicist floor we're, we're alternate you and i are all we were sharing her couch and the floor the love seat oh yeah yeah it was it would, so i couldn't you know i'm six two man and trying to to fit on a uh, but we were grateful for what we had oh, we, we had a blanket so grateful and uh we we shared what we had and it, and it had to work and Talk about you know compromising. We just didn't have the money to, to stay at hotels back then. And Thankfully now, you know, we'll, we'll sell tickets to our tours now and we can pay for hotels. We can also do really cool things like we're building an orphanage with some of the proceeds from the uh, um, uh, Less Is Now tour. Mm-hmm. So the Boston event, all the pre-sale stuff, a hundred percent of the pre-sale is going to build an orphanage on the U S Mexico border. So we can do really cool stuff with the money as well, but we can also stay in hotels and have our own bed and, and be well rested, which is, which is a nice bonus, right? Yeah. And we can rent Lamborghinis. (laughs) Wait, you rented a Lamborghini? (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sean cancel that reservation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so <laughs> did, you, did you see sean go to make a note he did <laughs> he was like oh wait he's joking <laughs> he just crossed out the word lamborghini <laughs> yeah i mean that's the important thing like we when we make money from stuff like this we don't do it we Don't do it to, we don't do it to do stuff like buy a lamborghini but yeah we we will travel right. and uh we'll yeah, also like it, yeah it's a little bit more comfortable and yeah we, we make it more comfortable but it allows us to go to more cities to do that as well yeah. anyway um uh, while we were there in Toronto, we show up to this. We're, our event was at a co-working space, if you recall, and like I do, it was we got to
2: give a shout out to Erica, and
1: Melissa. Yes, Erica, and Melissa definitely helped us out book the venue there. They they worked in the same building. They they booked this co-working space that maybe fit eighty people, and we could probably we knew we could cram a hundred, hundred and twenty people into the space. And the problem is we show up, and there's another event going on there that night, and there's this line out the door for this other event. And I'm like, what, is there a concert going on here or something? And like, I'm like, oh, God, where's Erica? Like, None of our people are going to be able to get in because we're anticipating 60, 80, maybe even 100 people are going to show up to this, and they're going to think they're at the wrong place because they're at this other uh, event. And so there's this line out the door and a line up five flights of stairs to get to the top, uh, of where this co-working space is, and we're walking through it, and and finally I'm walking through all this crowd. And I look at, at at Melissa, and I'm like, hey, what is this? What is this line here? Why why are all these people here? What other event is going on tonight? Why did we schedule this the same night as our event? And she looks at me with this look like, you moron, these people are here to see you guys, and that that's when I knew like, oh my goodness, there are. I don't know how many people were there that night. It was like three hundred,
2: three hundred and fifty. Yeah.
1: Hundreds of people yeah. just snaked around the stairwell and around the building. And so we not only had to do a double header, but we had to find like a uh, up a to that point,
2: point, like I think that was our biggest Oh without a doubt. Event, yeah.
1: Without a doubt. And they were growing before then, but like it, it sort of grew exponentially. And then from there, you know, it, it continued to grow. But we started doing this when there were two people showing up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember and being in Knoxville, <laughs> the fourth tour stop we ever did your home, your birth city, I should say. Um, we showed up. No one was there. It's this coffee shop. <laughs> we are getting ready to leave. Yeah, we were walking out the door. <laughs> and and they, all of a sudden, yeah. hey, you guys are the minimalists. And all of a sudden, I'm like, yes, we are. Yeah. And, and it was just a couple. And it was one of the best conversations we ever had. It was a guy who had lost. He fasted for 40 days. Yeah. He, he had lost hundreds of pounds in, in doing that. And he was talking about how minimalism had saved his life, like I, literally saved his life, helped him refocus on his health. I will never forget how, yeah,
2: him telling us about that experience. Because, well, <clears throat> he was talking about real hunger. He's like, you know, you don't eat for the first half of that. And you're like, man, I'm hungry. And like, yeah. you might even get a little hangry. And he goes, and then the second day, like, you know, it's maybe you still get hungry. But, you know, after the third or fourth day, it's like when you juice fast, I guess. Like, yeah. you get. At some point,
1: f- the, hanger, the hanger goes away. Yes, exactly. I'm getting a little hangry right now,
2: actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, long story short, he was like, he's like, you don't know true hunger until you haven't eaten in like 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was crazy.
1: Yeah it, apparently like so at some point he he stopped being hungry but then he hit that that point once again where he's like okay my body's eating stuff it shouldn't be eating right. and, and you know obviously you you don't want to do a fast like that without no, uh, assistance from a doctor or yeah. something like that but anyway um yeah I, so I've learned so much in fact a lot of lessons we learned we learned what stories resonated with people while we were on the tour Ryan right? we learned what and that eventually made it into our book everything that remains it, because we were, we would t- go out on the road and start start talking to people about these stories and the things that really resonate like the packing party or you know, my mother's d- dealing with her sentimental items for me at first those were just sort of afterthoughts like that's in the past let's just talk about intentionality and let's talk about decluttering or whatever but it was no it was like these are true stories that people resonate with and so a lot of those stories made it into everything that remains and i wouldn't have known that had we not gone out on those tours tour stops with two to twelve people showing up and allowed us to have deeper conversations that, and that's why in fact with all of these events we're doing the vip events beforehand where just a few dozen people will have will have access to those people and we can have more intimate conversations with them as opposed to doing so so I'll give you an example. Let's say we're going to be in um, Boston on April 15th. So that event starts probably at like 7 o'clock or so, or the doors open at 7. But right around 5 p.m., we'll do a VIP event for 45 minutes. We'll just sit in a room with that small group of people, and we'll have some discussions. And I'm really eager to see what we learn from those discussions and how we can move that forward. So we'll have some questions we want to ask them and, and, and get some dialogue going. But we won't have a whole lot of prepared material We'll have prepared discussions, uh, really jump off points that we can learn from you, just like we did six years ago. We learned from the audience, and we really grew from that, and it allowed us to create some really great stuff in the future, whether it was everything that remains or the mm-hmm. documentary or whatever. It allows us to create something beautiful because we incorporated other people's perspectives. So if you want to participate in that process, uh, then you definitely want to get involved with the the presale because usually those VIP event tickets they go away during during the presale. Let's see after the Holiday Happiness Tour in 2012, Ryan, we did 2013. We did two very very small tours like micro tours. Do you remember these? We did Spring into Minimalism, oh, yeah. which was like six cities, uh, and uh, we were driving down South by Southwest. with was me, that the you, one and Colin. Colin was with us? Yeah, one? yeah. Okay. So we did Denver, and we did um, what else did we do besides Denver? We did Denver? Austin. We did Houston. We uh-huh. did what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: Austin, Houston, Dallas, even right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. remember because we stayed with the family in Fort Worth. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then we did a thing in Dallas. Uh, I feel like there was one. It was Missoula. We did Missoula. Yeah, Missoula. Yeah. yeah, there were six cities, and uh yeah that was just a short tour we did with Colin. Hopefully, we can get we can drag Colin ar- around for one or two of these these tour stops. That he'll and we'll have some surprise guests at some of these as well. I'm gonna be reaching out to some folks who we may have as, as super secret surprise guests, and we won't reveal it until the day they show up. And maybe even some musical acts. That was one thing that I really liked from the 2014 tour. We had some people I'm big fans of who were... Uh, all, who opened up for us on on the road and and perform music and like I used to pay to go to their concerts and now they're they're performing with us and it adds a, just an, an extra layer of beauty to to the event whenever we can do that. Mm. Uh, we try to just make it a, a special night for everyone, a unique experience for everyone. Not just giving a talk or answering questions. That's important, but giving hugs and creating a musical atmosphere and an aesthetic atmosphere, a visual atmosphere for everyone, so that you have the best experience and it, hopefully it's a catalyst for change in your life so we did that spring in the minimalism tour and then we did our shortest tour ever ryan the 2013 alberta canada tour <laughs> it was two cities and what did uh, we, d- we did edmonton and calgary, calgary. Yep.
2: yeah that's right which was crazy because right when we left calgary that remember the flood hit yes yeah so that was, so it was nuts, 2013 man. and it was, yeah. it was
1: like two weeks or a week after that right yeah and uh I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get back to both of those cities hopefully uh, for that second leg of the tour. I love Alberta. I mean, it's like Montana on steroids, especially if you go out to Banff. Dude. Uh, speaking speaking of Banff, so so in twenty fourteen we did the hundred city tour, eight countries, hundred and nineteen events. We've talked about that ad nauseum. That was crazy, a lot of learnings from that. But the next year, twenty fifteen, the word tasting tour. We did thirty five cities, but that one was totally different experience from what we've done in the past. So you and I run a uh, publishing company with our friend Colin Wright called mm. Asymmetrical Press, and we we dragged some of our authors on the road, Sean Mahalik and Josh Wagner and uh, me and you and Colin. Was that it was that six weeks, eight weeks? How long was that? Yeah, it was a couple months. Yeah. yeah, a couple months. And uh we did 35 cities, but you and I we divided and conquered that one cuz we were kind of done with touring for a while. <laughs> and so you'd go out and do a handful of cities and we did a bunch of like random cities. Like Butte. Did we do Butte? I think we did Butte. Yep, definitely did Butte. Uh, did- oh you wait. That one. No, 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 no. No, we didn't do Butte. We did Billings. Yeah, we did Billings. Uh we did Kalispell. So, yeah, Sky Steel hooked
2: it up with uh Banff?
1: Yeah, we did we so so I was just thinking of Montana. We oh. we did uh uh missoula and um hamilton really random places oh, great yeah. falls um and then we went up to canada and did calgary and edmonton i went to those stops you went to all the montana stops i went to the canada stops and then we drove over my first time i ever been to victoria and that was that was, uh, wasn't was on that yeah one. i made uh, so you have to like drive victoria on a ferry and it was, it was, yeah, it was really awesome. I I, I wish I would have had more time with Vancouver Jarvis, Cecil out there, right? Yeah, yeah. We spent some time with him or I spent some time with him while I was out there. Paul yeah. Jarvis, who's a really talented creator. He he does some great like creative classes, helps creative people be more creative. I think it's just pauljarvis.com or we'll just put a link to his name in the show notes. A uh, really great guy. He helps creators be more creative. Um, just, uh, a, a wonderful person as well. Yeah. But he's out there in, in, uh, on Vancouver Island. We went to, uh, uh, Vancouver, which we'll try to get back to Vancouver this year. And Love then we, Vancouver. Went, we went to a bunch of random places. Like you said, we went to, to Banff. That one was weird, man. I was at that one and it was eight people showed up. I mean, it's Banff. It's, and right. it was a pop-up show we did. And there were like only eight people there. And there were like eight of us, you know, on tour. So we also had Sky Steel who created the music, uh, a musician friend of ours. He plays, he plays a violin and he sings and he plays guitar. He does a lot of he, he creates a beautiful experience. He's got the bet. So he he
2: plays violin for people who don't know. Uh, he plays violin for uh, Vanessa Carlton. Mm-hmm. And the way that they met is like your like movie scenario where Sky was playing in a bar. I think in Hamilton. Yeah, it was in Hamilton, Hamilton. Montana. Yeah. Oh wow. Playing in a in like I mean Hamilton, Montana. Just to give you guys some context, what's population? I'm gonna look it up real quick. Hamilton, Montana. If I had to guess, I'm going to say 13,000. All right. I'm going to guess 7,000. It is 4,500. <laughs> wow. So just to give you all like a little perspective, this is a town of 4,500 people. Yeah. He's playing in a bar. Vanessa Carlton happens to be there. Yeah. Because she's got some family or friends there. Mm-hmm. And like went up to him afterwards and she was like, you have to go on tour with me. Yeah.
1: It's funny that you say that, man. I I saw Vanessa Carlton in Chicago. In two... In... Uh, November of 2006 and he was it was the first tour he ever went on with her and he he was, he was he was playing violin for her oh that's awesome and so you I had no idea who he was that's by weird. the way he doesn't live in Montana no. he lives in well he lived in Brooklyn at the time yeah. and she lives in Manhattan he lives in Nashville now very talented musician check out his music wherever you get fine digital music uh, Sky Steel we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well but he went on tour with us created this whole audio landscape this audio atmosphere the audio aesthetics of touring and i learned a lot about about that through that process and it was all of us in a rented van uh, smelling like (laughs) guys guys. yeah i mean and um because we have we have a few female authors but they are far more responsible than us guys And they couldn't go on the tour with us because they have yeah. you know actual commitments, and we we've let go of all of our commitments, and so we we uh, we just hit the road for that period of time, something like thirty five cities, and we we rotated on and off, did some random cities, and uh, and then came back to Montana. But uh, uh, I learned a lot about the sort of audio experience and creating a better experience given the resources you have. Now some of the venues were like, in Banff was a bar, and yeah. so people are like talking over you. But creating the bet, and, and by the way, that was an even better experience for someone like Sean Mahalik who's a very talented novelist but doesn't have a lot of experience at live events because mm. people don't go to readings that often and so him having to read in a bar and Banff over people t- talking invaluable experience oh yeah because that's it's a it's a failure it's by definition that's a failure right but it's not really a failure because you succeed fr- from that that lesson that you've learned. And then, uh, what, last year we went on the documentary tour. We did 15 cities over the course of a month or so. That was great. And uh, screened the documentary. We did a, a live version of our podcast in some of those cities, which you can go back and listen to in our podcast feed. And now this year, 2017, we've got two legs of the, the tour for North America. And if all that goes well, we hope to to make it overseas as well. Any closing thoughts here, Ryan, about about the tour? Um, Anything else you're looking forward to? Is there a city you're looking forward to the most? Is there a city you're disappointed no, that we rolls, can't make
2: it to? Lobster Rolls, man. That lobster, is the number one thing I'm looking forward to. Lobster Roll,
1: Massachusetts.
2: Yes. My favorite um, city. No, man. Uh, what's the most important... What's the one thing... That you bring on tour that's the most important to you oh yeah
1: yeah my hair dryer yeah <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> um, but actually so in the documentary i've had so many people ask about what's the bag that you use and, and we talked about this on a previous podcast it's a malcolm fontier bag it's no longer made uh so in the documentary we have a little segment in the documentary of packing like the minimalist you can see a lot longer version of that video on our youtube channel YouTube.com slash The Minimalist. It's called Pack Like The Minimalist. So I packed for 10 months mm-hmm. in one carry-on bag, Malcolm Fontier bag. So
2: Okay, so I guess the bag is probably the most important thing to bring with you. The bag <laughs> is probably the most important thing I own. Yeah, okay, so inside the bag. Uh-huh. Actually, no, I guess I guess the bag. That's that's a good answer. But, but
1: here's the thing. So Malcolm uh, might be bringing that bag back. Sean, can you put a link to that in the show? I think it's just on his website. Yeah, he
2: finally like got a hold of us, and he's like, hey, I see a lot of buzz around this.
1: I've had over a thousand people contact me about that bag. Yeah,
2: yeah, and he's like, he's like, if people are interested, have him sign up for this, you know, an email alert, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. if he
1: decides to make it again in the future, he can get hold of you. He's gonna make a small, a sm- like he, he, actually, you didn't know this, but he told me while I was talking to him on the phone. So when me, you, and Colin were on tour on the the Spring Into Minimalism tour, twenty thirteen, we all had that same Malcolm Fontier bag, right? Yes there were three bag you open our trunk and there's three of that same bag yes. in the trunk right we had literally exactly 1% of all bags that were ever made of that bag oh really he produced only cuz he did it as an art project oh, basically I didn't realize he that. produced only 300 bags oh wow and so he'll probably do it again in the future and if he does it'll it'll st- i don't know if it'll be limited to 300 or whatever but it'll certainly be limited yeah and by it- the way
2: guys you don't need a another bag in your life yeah yeah just so you know
1: yeah if you're if you think a bag is going to completely complete you you're probably wrong now if you're at a stage where you're like i just broke my patagonia bag i've had it for 14 years Mm -hmm. i'm now on the market for another bag it might be a good bag for you but it may not be a good fat bag for you as well it's really up to you to determine whether or not it will add value to your life uh, anyway, uh, so that was probably the most important thing. I mean, I don't pack a whole lot. I, I, this pair of pants I'm wearing, I'll wear throughout the entire tour. Yeah. Uh, so I won't I, I'll pack a pair of shorts to exercise in. I will pack. Um, oh, man, I'll pack a few uh, a weeks worth of T-shirts, mm-hmm. weeks worth of underwear, weeks worth of socks. Unless it's summertime, then I'll just wear a pair of Toms with no logos on them and uh, call it a day, man. Coffee kit. Oh,
2: yes. Thank That's you. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Me,
1: it's like well even like we're we're going to Chicago
2: here soon and uh for for a talk we're giving and we're going to do some like media stuff up there.
1: Yeah, in but fact uh, when this comes out we'll be on uh we'll be in Chicago. When Wind, Windy City Live as well. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. But uh but what I was going to say is like I know there's awesome
2: coffee in Chicago. Uh-huh. So I don't necessarily need to bring the coffee kit, but like, you know, staying at an Airbnb or a hotel or something, I still need the coffee kit cuz like I mean, hotel coffee's all right, uh, but it's so much nicer, man. When you got some like good beans, so much like, better.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's,
2: it's the one thing I'm not really embarrassed to admit. I'm addicted to.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: there are far worse things to be addicted to, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. And so, addiction is also a weakness. But yes. um, but not when it comes to coffee. All right, Josh, let's move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, um, you know, we usually do... A, actually, you know what? We'd love to hear about your experiences with traveling. So yeah, if, if you have a, a comment or tip about minimalist travel, give us a call, 406-219-7839. Or you can uh, also send us a, a voice memo now. Podcast at minimalistscom is the email address. You just record a voice memo on your phone, send it over to us. We will record our... Fa- or, I'm sorry, we will air our favorite tips and tricks about travel or touring or whatever your comments are about today, leave us a voicemail or send us a voice memo. We will air our favorites on a following episode, upcoming episode. All right, Ryan, do you want to, you want to move on to right here, right now? Actually before that added value, do you have anything that's added value to your life recently? Yes. Every time I
2: recommend something that's over a hundred bucks, it really, I really feel bad about it, but I got the new AirPods Uh game changer.
1: AirPods. So let's talk about AirPods the only thing I have a pair as well. So AirPods I was going to recommend this uh, last episode, but I waited because I knew you were getting value Thank from me. Thank you. It. I appreciate it. For sure. So think of,
2: uh, you know, the regular earbuds that come with your iPhone.
1: Yes. You know those are actually called ear, ear pods? Are you serious? Yeah. Okay.
2: So think about the ear pods that come with your iPhone. Remove all the wires. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like the first... Because um, I, I got I got a pair... Cause When I'm listening to music, whether I'm riding my bike, like just to the store, or if I am uh, listening to music on the plane and I've got the chords, Mm -hmm. I will inevitably like rip them out of my ears. I do the same thing. I hate that, man. man. Or like Mariah and I will be sharing them on the airplane and we're ripping them out of of each other's ears. Right. So, um, yeah. Long story short, like this takes the chords out, and it is the only thing I don't like about it. Uh-huh. You can't turn the volume up from you have to like go to your phone to turn the volume up not or true. turn down. I mean, you can use Siri, but dude, you can't you Siri's unavailable on an airplane. Right. That's so true. so it, it's a little bit inconvenient, but because they work so well. That's why I like them. It's not I mean, the Bluetooth feature is great um but they're stereo Bluetooth and it has good sound quality. Like you haven't you haven't complained no. about me being on my ear every time I call no. Josh on speakerphone or earphones. He's like uh, Ryan. It sounds like you're skydiving. Please uh, put me on your regular phone, which is which is fine. It sounds like you're skydiving
1: with a sock on your phone. Yeah.
2: So with these, like, I've got no complaints on the microphone. And my actual, uh, the 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 um, what are the earpods? Yeah. Yeah. My earpods actually broke. Uh huh. And I was just gonna get another pair of ear pods and i realized that the when i was looking for them i was like oh my god they have like ear pods
1: without the cords yeah yeah, yeah. so and they're, you,
2: like, they're a little they're a little eggsy now josh that is an abbreviated version of expensive
1: what does abbreviated mean <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but at the end of the day uh it totally adds value to my life um man uh, let me, know you, what know what, you know
1: what i really like about them and i am a sucker for aesthetics but they're oh like yeah, they so so the they they're beautiful but the little case that they that you put the storage case which i have in my pocket right here let me pull it out it's in my pocket here we go so i'm holding this this white little it looks like a floss pack right in fact ella has confused it as floss she <laughs> she likes to play with floss although we've stopped her from playing she pretends floss is a snake and uh but when i open it yeah, the charge. It, it, it shows you right the charge. There. Yeah. And, but then when I remove the earpod, and so the right one is on the right side, so it's very aesthetically it's, pleasing. Yeah. But when I take it out of my ear, or when I put it in my ear, it's gonna make a little sound. Boom, yeah. Yeah. And so, and then when I put it back in here, there's the most satisfying little little clip. Let me see if I can get this on the mic. It like it, it clicks into place. <laughs> oh, my, that is so satisfying. And then when I close the cover, same thing. Oh man, oh that is so satisfying! One, two, three. <laughs> it is. I mean, my all of my OCD needs have been met today, just by these these uh, AirPods. And this is not an advertisement. We don't. You all know we don't no. do advertisements, right? We refuse to take money for advertisements. We've had. We've, I feel, oh, we've okay. turned down tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for advertisements yes. because they don't align. I don't want to have to recommend something just because I have to recommend it. And so I can recommend something like this. And I've been trying it for a while. I've gotten a lot of value from it. Uh, uh, everyone I've talked to have used it, have, has enjoyed it as well. What do you so. have to say to all the conspiracy theorists out there who are like,
2: you guys are just trying to indoctrinate us with Apple
1: products? Yeah, well, uh, some conspiracies are true. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> no, I, I have no brand loyalty. I think brand loyalty yeah. is a sign of weakness. Yeah, I just uh, recommend things that I really enjoy. Yeah, and it, I have things that I re- that that are uh, useful, high quality, and I really enjoy them. And, and and so like yeah. Apple has a uh, their their writing program called Pages. Mm-hmm. I've used that in the past, but I use their better programs now. So I use yeah Google Docs. I, is I use Google better. Docs. Yeah. Uh, and I use I but I love you know the thing I write in most now is actually the Apple Memo Pad. Uh, But if something else comes along better, I don't have brand loyalty. Brand loyalty actually weakens the product. Our friend Colin Wright talks about that. Actually,
2: that's why Apple has their quality has kind of decreased over the last Several years for certain products, especially
1: yeah. with like certain software things or they're yeah. or they're trying to like appeal to the masses and, and therefore the features that were once useful to people who had a specific use are no longer there so they can appeal to the masses. Yeah. Anyway, yes, the AirPods add immense value to my life, too. Thanks for recommending that, Ryan. I have only um, three recommendations. Uh, let's see here. Actually, I'll, I'll just give two of these. Since we're talking about Tor waves, I got that idea. Waves from john mayer so he's putting he put out an album this year he just put out the second wave of this album it's called mm. the search for everything wave two i don't like it as much as the first wave i love the first wave really dig that second wave um and uh, it's it's the, one of the songs on there is very montana the second song on there uh i think it's called um like a wave emoji or something anyway um Wave two of search for everything by John Mayer. Get that wherever you get good (laughs) digital music. And then every time I see uh, on our tour page, future legs. Yes. It cracks me up. I don't know. I'm just picturing like bionic legs or something. (laughs) I need to hurry up and wrap this up because I have to go to the bathroom so bad. All right. Uh, Another podcast. I've been listening to a lot recently. The Craig Groeschel leadership podcast. If you lead an organization or a group of people or you're an aspiring leader, um, he leads a whole bunch of churches in the Oklahoma area. Now I am not a religious person personally, but it is a secular podcast in, in terms of, uh, he's just a great leader and ha- uses great, um, strategies to lead other people in an effective, but also moral way, uh, in a way that will align with your values and help you be a more effective leader. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, move on real quick to right here, right now, Ryan. A few things that are going on. Our good friend Matt Diavella is producing a web series called Making Minimalism. He's the director of our documentary, which is called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. He's going behind the scenes of that documentary. It's all free. You can find it on his website, mattdiavella.com minimalism. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Also, every Monday from March 6th through April 10th, and including April 10th, we are doing Mondays with the Minimalists on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. We just did our first session this week. It's 2 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. We're going to answer your questions. We'll talk about what's going on in the lives of the Minimalists. And um, yeah, we actually I really loved what we did. I don't know if we'll keep that format up. Maybe we'll change it up a bit. But we were driving around town, and um, that was it was so fun to answer questions. Well. Don't worry, I wasn't looking at the phone. Sean was, was, looking, was holding the phone and, and asking us questions, and you and I just got to drive around and, and sort of have conversations. It was like, what's that Jerry Seinfeld thing, since I sound like Jerry Seinfeld apparently? He, he does coffee and cars with comedians or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like that, but without comedians, without coffee. No, I had coffee. Oh, you did have coffee. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a coffee next time, too. That's a good call. Let's do that next time. So, yeah, join us Mondays with The Minimalists every Tuesday, March 6th through April 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern. Also, I'm teaching a one-day writing workshop online. It's called How to Write Better. Seats are limited, I think, to the first 300 people. Uh, it's online. It's a very attenuated version of my four-week writing class. You can find both of those at HowToWriteBetter.org. I want to help you write better business emails, better books, better blog posts. I just want to help you write better. And I think I can do that just by breaking down my recipe, how I learned to write better, and, and find ways to give those ingredients to you so you can create your own recipe for better writing. All right, we've been talking to the whole time about the tour, so I'm not going to talk any more about that just go to theminimalists.com slash tour for tickets and cities also this month i'm doing a a daily instagram essay every day posting a beautiful photo and an essay with that photo over at the minimalist instagram account it's just at the minimalists and that's all i got right now ryan you got anything else for us yeah man here i got some of this here it's a brand new shiny voicemail comments and tips from
2: our listeners
4: California, where I spent some time with my cousin, and we uh, watched The Minimalist movie, my third time seeing it, but her first time seeing it, she needed to see it. (laughs) But, you know, it dawned on me that um, I have three children, and the oldest is 33, and the youngest is 24, and I have two grandchildren, 18 months and one month always and i have a great um networking community of friends now and also when my kids were growing up and i just watching your movie this third time it made me think about how many times i said to my friends how can we slow down Sh-, you know we want to do some things, we don't have the time to do it. We're constantly behind. We're trying to think ahead or um trying to prepare for the future. And it it was a it was a question that came up continuously while my kids were growing up um about how to slow down, how to live, how to have a life. And you know, after watching your movie this third time, I finally saw the answer. I really believe the answer was that we all just had too much stuff. Our kids had too much stuff. And and by stuff I just mean um belongings, um things we had to maintain, things we had to do. And I think that if it, if we could have known then what I know now, I think our lives would have been so much different and we would have been able to see the forest for the trees. We would have been able to see how we could have slowed down and had coffee with each other, you know, in the morning um, and not feel like, you know, we had to clean our house or we, you know, had to run out and do this errand or get this or get that. When we already had enough. We already had plenty.
5: So my name is Hannah and I live in Altamont Springs, Florida. Hey guys, I just wanted to share kind of a neat story. Um, I have a friend who just started a shoemaking business where he makes custom leather boots and he offered to make me a pair for free because I was his friend and had helped him out with some things in the past well at the time we lived in michigan and since then i've moved to florida so lately i've been listening to your podcast and it caused me to rethink boots situation it just doesn't make any sense for me to own a pair of awesome awesome custom made hand boots that i will rarely ever wear living in florida it would make a lot more sense for someone in Michigan to have them where they'll be worn all the time. So I talked to my friend and fortunately he hadn't started making my boots yet. So I asked him if instead he would make them for someone else. And he said that he actually had someone in mind that he knew uh, was in need and would really appreciate them. So even though it hurt a little bit to give away a really amazing pair of high-quality, handcrafted shoes, which are technically minimalism-friendly, it still didn't make any sense for me to own them as they wouldn't genuinely add much value to my life by sitting on the floor getting dusty all year. Um, Instead, they're going to be blessing someone else who will be genuinely enjoying them. So it's a win-win-win for me, my friend, and the person who will be getting the pair of boots.
3: Hey Joshua and Ryan, this is Adam from Massachusetts. Thank you both so much for all that you do to help simplify and add value to people's lives. I have a few digital tools that have helped me reduce the traffic of messages and lists we so often lose or perhaps mismanage on a daily basis. The first is Google Keep, which is a sticky note application to help you add dates and times to remind you of upcoming tasks that may not warrant a calendar invite such as dropping off a letter or even making grocery lists. The notes can be archived when they're done, so it's less of an inbox look to it, although the archive can be searched at a later time if need be. The second tool is called unroll.me, which is an email service for most common email providers, and it shows you every list to which your email is currently associated. Once you give the service permission to access your email, I've used this service for years, by the way, and I've had no negative experiences with it, and it's free. You can unsubscribe from any and all lists there on this single site, or you can choose to keep them in your inbox. And lastly, you can, quote, roll them up into a single daily email from the unroll.me service. Perhaps coolest of all is that it shows you when you're added to new email lists so that it's a sustainable resource to add to your life. The last tool is more of a shift in behavior with respect to digital activity. So recently I removed all non-value adding applications and push notifications from my phone, and I began doing all of my major work assignments first thing in the morning at work as opposed to checking emails. Both of these behavior switches have added tremendous time to my life for valuable activities and output in both professional and personal capacities. Anyways, I hope that these tips help your listeners as theirs have helped me in the past as well.
1: All right, y'all. That's it for this episode. If you have a question for the minimalists, give us a call 406 219 7839. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time.